Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save forty percent on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For JD Power twenty twenty three award information, visit jdpower dot com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber dot com. See if I miss tape this. Perspirants. <laughs> This week, Leipzig under the lights, the Celtic put on a show to upstage the Germans, and Livy parked the Menga bus, but we still go top as natural order is restored. All this and more on another episode of 20 Minute Tips. Hello and welcome to episode 157 of 20 Minute Tims. I'm joined this week by Melly. Hello. And Stephen. Good afternoon. How are you getting on? Terrifically well. Melly. Yes. Buzzing as usual. Yes. How was your trip to Livingston? A thrill ride, I imagine. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, first up, some housekeeping. Um, as, we, as we mentioned every week, we've got the Patreon. Um, the, what was the last Patreon podcast? with Chris, Chris Bungard Chris on Bungard, TMT the, Extra Time. The oh. professional MMA fighter. We, we met up with him last, last weekend. And let me tell you, he walked into that room and was instantly in the top three fighters in there. Aye. And that doesn't happen often in this podcast. It's it's not, like, not, I mean, I'm, a, I'm like... I'm like I'm not I'm a lover, right? Not a fighter, but I had one look at that guy and I could tell you he shat it looking at me. <laughs> Absolute shat it. It does put Chris McQueen in a bad position because he thinks he's the hardest man and he is not even the hardest man to have been on this podcast. He's not no, even he's the hardest right. Chris. No, he's not even yeah. the hardest Chris that's been on this podcast. Um what is Patreon, Stephen? Well, Patreon is a is a subscription service. What it is is for a small pledge every month. It's two dollars fifty. Yeah, two dollars fifty. It looks more than it is. Yeah, it's today's about, money is what one seventy five. Yeah, about a, about a pound seventy five. That's a a small donation to us, and that helps us basically keep going, keep the equipment on. It lets us rent out studios to get guests in, yeah. such as Chris Bungard, to make him make it a bit more convenient for him to get to. Basically, just keeps this train rolling. And yep. for for that small donation, what we do is we give you extra content every month podcasts generally I mean, we've been going about six months and we've got 27 extra podcasts on yeah. there we do blogs i've got a couple of bloggers that are on board now as well justin tate yeah just joined us yeah i tweeted out him he put his first blog up looking forward to the leipzig game which was really good tom um, rankin did a, a sort of humorous look back on red imps a sort right. of where are they now thing that was that was actually good yeah. I, enjoy, I enjoyed that I enjoy, you forget how many lamos played for us <laughs> against, against against leipzig um but this is the Monday podcast, the iTunes podcast, Cheers. the original and the best. The OG. Yeah, the OG. And what have we got to talk about this week? Lights. What a performance. Oh, performance, um, one of the best European performances I can remember, if my memory only went back about five or so years. <laughs> right, which it does. Which it does, <laughs> uh, yeah. Dazzling, scintillating, 
mesmerising. And that's enough. And the game was good as well. Yes, <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> um, there was. We might as well talk about the late show. It's where we spent all our transfer money, so um, we might as well talk. Melly, was it as good as it looked in the 1,475 million videos that people posted on Twitter? A lot of shite. <laughs> <laughs> it's good, eh? It's good. It's good as can be. Crowd got in there to see it and ah, it was good, man. You, My- you expecting what can they do with lights? Pretty impressive, man. It was impressive. It looked it looked good, but at the end of the day, Stephen, just bulbs in it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just bulbs. No, I was I was very impressed with it as well. I, I like Melly. I thought, well, I mean, it's some lights and stuff. What, yeah. what can it realistically be? I, I wasn't at the game. I watched it on TV, but I, I I could only imagine the kind of atmosphere it generated before the game. It's it's something totally different. Obviously, we'll get used to that kind of thing. Hopefully, yeah. we'll have loads of big nights to come. But yeah, it looked it looked good. Yeah, it was worth watching. Wistigan. Jack Henry in the qualifiers for that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, you can thank Lustig for that because if it was the Champions League, we might not be having the lights. Um, but let's talk about the game. It was um, it was a terrific performance by us. I, first off, I just want to say it was like a weight off the shoulders. Yeah. Oh, you yes. know, there was there was definitely questions over. We'd said it on this podcast, even. You know, is is this is it worth it? Is yeah. this a level at all? But we carried the form of the league games straight into this European tie and. Melly, you said it before the game. Leipzig are no joke. They're nope. they are a proper team, and we took it to them, and we played our own game, and we oh, we won. Well, you know how um, <laughs> England were were kind of not as criticised, but they were kind of brought back down to earth a wee bit in the World Cup because yes, they got to a semi final, but I think everyone acknowledged the fact that they hadn't really beaten anyone that they weren't expected to beat. No, then they kind of put that to bed a wee bit by beating Spain a wee bit later after the World Cup. But I feel like this is Celtic's moment where they've finally done that. They've beaten a team that no one expected yeah. them to beat. As you said, we kind of rolled into this thinking, oh, another European game, can we just kind of get this over with? Because it's not been good, it's, it's been a bit of a slog this season, but boy did it change uh, that night. Celtic were as much as 3-1 to one to win that game at mm. home, which tells you about the standard of the opposition. Only three teams have beaten Leipzig this season. One's Salzburg, we know how good they are. Borussia Dortmund, who are one of, the one of if not the best team in Europe this season, in Celtic. Yeah, it's some result, I think, because it's Leipzig... We're not getting. Maybe we are getting credit from our own fans, but maybe, maybe the result isn't being looked at as positive as it should be because mm. that's the equivalent of beating like a Leon or yeah, a yeah. Sevilla or a Valencia. Yeah, they're not. So, a, they're not. They're not like when the European heritage brands, no. yeah, yeah. as they might be that's called, a good word, heritage. Yeah. Yeah. But they're in. They've been in qualified for the Champions League last few years. They are a top German team, and right now in that league, Bayern Munich are like down fifth and sixth. It just shows that. Leipzig ahead of him, Borussia Mönchengladbach who we know all about ahead of him and Dortmund as you said, this is a great team and when you've seen them playing you can tell they're a good team, they're organised they're great technically but they couldn't handle Celtic, everything that Brendan Rodgers came in and said they wanted to work on it came to fruition on Thursday night and it just brought back that hope that that's it, we're here we're here, for the record Leipzig are currently third yeah. In, in the Bundesliga uh, Bayern Munich are sitting fifth as Melly said smash result of the weekend one beat Leverkusen 3-0 the team um, as, as I mean the team sort of more or less picked itself due to injuries and suspensions and Lee Griffiths disappearing off the face of the planet yeah. um, but it, it was it was the team that carried on straight from bursting hearts yeah, unchanged. Yeah. Yeah. Understandable. I think the only change at all was Malumbu came back into the squad after he fell off the yeah. face of the earth for a couple of weeks there. I just think that Celtic aren't very good at updating people. Or maybe, I don't know if it's Celtic. They don't, they've don't. they never really been under Brendan Rodgers. You never really get a clear picture how bad people's injuries are. They just sort of 
disappear for a while and then come back and the story is they've been injured. Um, it may be a case of they've just not been asked the right questions as well because here we are, I'm, we're going to talk about it later, but the day after, Ayer gets a serious injury. We're, we all know about it. It's, it's, been, it's been put out there, yeah. so he must have been asked a question. But the guys like Griffiths and Malumbu are just sort of left to, to fade into it's, the background. If you're, a, if you're a journalist or if you're a podcaster that goes to the, the Celtic press conferences, does that do us a solid and just ask, you know, what's the story yeah. with what's the story with Griffiths and the rest of these guys? Um, Celtic on the night, Melly, as you said, they were working on all the things Brendan Rodgers wanted them to work on. I thought their passing from midfield was absolutely sensational. I thought it was incisive. I thought at times they were cutting Leipzig open at will. Um, Christie for me, another great performance for him. I was I wasn't sold on Christie, but after that game, no, what a turnaround! I. I suppose we've brought up Christy, we should mention that it just got announced today, he's recorded this new three-year deal. Um, Delighted. I, I think he deserves it. He deserves a chance to stick about and see what more he can get. Absolutely. We've done some Christy business there. And um, <laughs> it, Yeah, well, as I said, what a turnaround. It's only a few weeks ago on here we were sitting going, I can't believe that guy's still in the squad. Him and Scott, we were lumping him in with Scott Allen at one point. It's just like we looked at the sort of pre-season squads and the early season squads and going, I can't believe this guy's still on the team. But an incredible turnaround. It's is completely transformed as a player. We always thought of him as a sort of winger small, type. wee bit lightweight winger slash number ten guy who could maybe sort of compete with Rogic. But in the space of what looks like about six weeks, he has transformed into a bit of everything. He's like an all round, all action, box to box, a bit of everything midfielder. Yeah. He's he, against Leipzig. He's flying into tackles, and I, I don't like to use that term flying into tackles because that makes it sound reckless. Because men but, can't fly. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> but it, but it, it has an air of recklessness about it if you say he's flying into tackles. But he's flying into tackles well. He's yeah. coming away with the ball every single time, and it's incredibly impressive. Again, he's working in tight spaces in his own box, and somehow working it to Craig Gordon, who makes a mess of the yeah. kicks, as, as of course. Well, I. But aye, what an incredible performance. He's finally, after what, three years, arrived as a proper Celtic player. Melly, do you think the comparisons between him and Stuart Armstrong are fair? Yeah, because they both offer pretty much a lot of the same things. It's what we said when Armstrong left. We lacked somebody with that drive into midfield, from midfield into the front. And we've seen it in the second goal. You're not likely to see Cham do that, are you? No. We don't get MDLs, else, Rogic. He works a bit further in the edge of the box, further back at the edge of the box. Christy was brilliant, and as Stephen said, flying into tackles, I think I read, 10 tackles made, 10 tackles won. Yeah. You never expected that from the guy we thought was a number 10. He's playing in central midfield. This change to the 4 3 3 has really helped the team, and it's made everybody settled. If you were saying four weeks ago that Rogic and Christy were going to be your two central midfielders. You said that they can't play together. There's not yeah. going to be enough protection. But with McGregor behind them, Rogic's work, work ethic was absolutely brilliant the other night as well. Couldn't fault any of the midfield. They were all brilliant. McGregor as well. And Christy just came of age. You could just see everything was going right from every pass, every tackle. Everything went right. And to set up the goal was brilliant. And some of the football we played, one, two touch, they couldn't live with us. No, they couldn't, and, and one thing that Christie seems to have done, the arrival of Christie into the team, and again, I'm no statistician, or I can't even say it. Or, or, or <laughs> Definitely not. No, 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 <laughs> or tactics guy, but with Christie involved in the team now, Sinclair seems to be playing a bit better, because I thought Sinclair had a good game. Again, yes. another one, he just keeps j- just slowly building up these, these decent performances for us, just as everyone's playing. But um, you're right, if someone told you that after we played Leipzig last time, 
that we'd be playing Leipzig again, but we wouldn't have Scott Brown. We wouldn't have there'd be no Malumbu, no enforcer, no Cham in that midfield. You'd be thinking, well, how how the, how do we do this? Not how, over the top is, it's, and especially in that that it's not a leg, but the first you know, I mean, the first game against Leipzig, where they had guys just running right over the top of the midfield, that Limer. Who, who just basically at one point in the first game just ran straight through the centre of the midfield yep. and hit the post. That didn't happen this time. And we're t- talking about transformations in Christie. What about Callum McGregor as well? <sighs> now, we've talked at length before about how he's, he's able to just play in any position now. But if you rem- remember about a season ago, I compared Callum McGregor to Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> because, <laughs> and I'll, I'll, I'll explain that for anyone who missed it at the time. I said that much like Mark Wahlberg, he's good as part of a, a sort of star-filled midfield slash film. Yeah. But when it's his, when it's his midfield slash film, it's an absolute disaster. That's not the case anymore. Callum McGregor is more than capable of controlling the midfield. Can you do a Mark Wahlberg impression? Aspire to be better. Come on, guys. Yeah. Come on. Get two, involved. Two thirty AM. Come on. Science, guys. Come on. Get Working involved. Two thirty AM. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> not very good. <laughs> Is that Mark Wahlberg? Aye, ah, it's, it's well, it's somebody. Um, no, you're right. A, a couple of weeks ago, it might have actually been a month or two ago, Brendan Rodgers said in an interview that um, tactically, Callum McGregor was one of the best players he's ever worked with. Mm. And I was like, what are you talking about, Brendan? I mean, that can't be true. The guys you've worked with. But when you see Cal McGregor's, especially his positioning in that game, always available for the ball, he's not running about like a headless chicken, charging into things. He's just there and available yeah. and he's giving the ball away and he's making incisive and creative passes. I thought he was absolutely brilliant in that game. He was. Said it last week. Xavi Busquets and Iniesta. <laughs> <laughs> the three guys in there are comfortable receiving the ball and receiving it on the turn, which makes... Which is essential yeah. in that sort of competition where you've got guys you're going up against like Campbell, like uh, Lamar. Yeah. Good good players that don't give you a second. McGregor, he's brilliant at receiving the ball on the turn and he doesn't dwell on the ball long. It's get the ball, one touch, turn, bang, out to the sidelines. The amount of times he gets it out to Tierney and again in this match, we forget to praise him sometimes because he's so consistently good, but he's too good in this game. People are going to be oh, watching Tierney. that yeah, yeah. and they're he going to, to be saying, it down a wee bit, doesn't he? Let's sign him. No. <laughs> Calm down. He was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. He had that guy on toast again, getting to the byline, and Sinclair played it well as well. I thought he had a good game. He cut inside, took his marker away, and left the space for Tierney. It was obviously a tactic because Celtic were doing it the whole game, and Tierney had it. And we seen what happened when he was left in all acres of space. Yeah. I think that sometimes goes unnoticed about Scott Sinclair. Has he been great this season? No, he hasn't been. But at times, when you're looking back on amazing Kieran Tierney performances and you're asking the questions, why was he so good? Why did he have so much space? Scott Sinclair deserves a bit of credit for that because, as Melly said, it's clearly an, an instruction. If he's making so much space and so much opportunity for Tierney, he deserves some credit it's, for that. Plus, there's also comes into play that Scott Sinclair was our outstanding player in his first season. Yeah. So it stands to reason that when people played against them again, they, they, they had to legislate for that. Mm. And what you notice in, in home games or away games as well, but domestically, Scott Sinclair has always doubled up on. Always, yeah. always, always. And that leaves a free man, which presumably Tierney or someone else can to take advantage of. Leipzig didn't double up on Scott Sinclair. Mm. They just let him. And he was getting a lot more of these forward runs and he was getting a lot more space to play his game and play Tierney through. So you're, you're right, it's, it's a team game. Um, just on Tierney, he was in the UEFA Europa League Team of the Week. Legitimately, this time oh, they, didn't, they didn't give it to Lustig inexplicably. Oh, they did well, last time. No, why did why did you th- why do you think they didn't give it to Lustig? Mm. Was it because his perform? We, I mean, we won that match with ten men. 
Yeah, aye. It pains me to say it. He's yeah, been again. good recently. Yeah, he was good for a couple of weeks there, but he was dreadful against Leipzig. Yeah. What does my head in about Lustig is that sometimes he gets the ball and Melly's complained about it in the past. He just immediately passes back to Boyata without even looking up. Right, He does that, but sometimes he realises, wait, I'm not allowed to do that. The crowd's going to get on my back. So what he does is he looks up and he plays aimless passes into the centre circle and it doesn't matter who it's to. Yeah. He just passes it in that direction. And it it reminds me of a bit of Samaras in that respect, not with the passing, but do you remember when Samaras was here, he used to go through one-on-one with the keeper and hit it tamely into the keeper's arms every single time when he was looking for the ball-shaped hole in the keeper's chest. And after that would happen, he would stand with his hands on his head as if he had just witnessed something absolutely (laughs) astonishing. How did he save that? I think you so eloquently put it once. He hit it like he had a sock full of diarrhea. (laughs) But Lustig does much the same thing. He passes the ball aimlessly into the central midfield. And again, it doesn't matter who's there. He'll just pass it to an opposition player. And he'll look as if, oh my God, how did they pick that up? That was an inch-perfect pass. How did they cut that out? (laughs) That really annoys me about Lustig. I just wish he would pay more attention. Mm. I mean, for the, their goal, just he switched off. This yeah. guy is an experienced, one of the most experienced defenders we've got at the club, an international right back. He's, it's the basics. And, and we can summarise every European game that we've played so far this year, this, year, this season. And a lot of them, we have said, Lustig switched off and left his man. Aye, or uh, let across into the box. Yeah, or let across into the box. He's been responsible for so many goals at this level. Oh, it's ridiculous. The goal comes down the our right hand side again and it is is hard to criticise the guy when the rest of the team's played so well but because the team played so well it highlights how poor he was and he he done his usual when he makes a mistake he completely goes after that he was booting Mm. balls away he was miss kicking balls then for later on in the game Campbell's clean through and smashes it off the bar it's absolute ridiculous the guy we know he can't get forward anymore but he's leaving all this space out on the right-hand side. He's either not tucked in enough or tucked in too far and just leaving all this space. It wasn't good enough. It's interesting you should say that about him making a mistake and just going because I thought he was okay in the first half, but early on in the second half, he came out and tried a ridiculous back heel quite close to our own box and gave it away. And from that moment on, it was just total panic stations. I, I thought his passing was really bad in the first half as well. There was a mm. few occasions where he, he was just, his crosses weren't even making the box. He was he was really, I thought he was quite poor. He wasn't. When you look back at the game, like the first 10 minutes, Celtic weren't great. Mm, Leipzig yeah. came and tried to stamp their authority in the game and they are a good team they can pass the ball about. But as soon as Celtic got that first opportunity and boy did we take it, we were just brilliant from there on in. These early goals we've been getting really helped settle the team down, mm. give us confidence. As soon as we got that, we just passed the ball about. It was a great goal. It's always better when Kieran Tierney scores yeah. for me. For me anyway, it's just one of your own, obviously, but you know the guy lives and breathes it. It was an absolute peach of a finish. We cut them open. From where I'm sitting, I'm looking diagonally at that, and I'm just thinking, that's what's saying, you've got to put it, and he just put it right exactly where I was wanting him to put it. It was brilliant. That was, that was for you, Melly. He turned around <laughs> and pointed right at you. <laughs> it was Melly sitting in the crowd. See that picture of Kieran Tierney in front of <laughs> He was looking directly into Melly's eyes. Um <laughs> It was a good old slobber knocker, I thought. That was a right good game of football. Oh, that was great, eh? And one, a good one for the neutrals, as uh, cliched commentators might say. Um, Just on that goal, sorry, I want to give James Forrest a shout on oh, that yeah. one as well because he set it up. The cutback wasn't perfect because I think he was aiming for Sinclair or maybe Edward and it went behind both of them, but that, that's fine because Tierney was there to follow up. But his run to make that, that opportunity is 
Some, something I've criticised James Forrest for in the past, and particularly in Europe, I was always an advocate of playing Patrick Roberts in Europe because he offered different dimensions. Mm-hmm. James Forrest was more a kind of, I'm going to try and hit it past the defender and bolt to the byline, yeah. and that didn't always work in Europe. They're, they're wise to that. But what he has, he has added to his game is his timing with his dribbling is now near perfect. Yeah. The best dribblers in the world will time their turns and changes of direction based on the defender's movement. And he did that. If you watch him, he cuts inside and then knocks it past him. And basically, the defender's got two choices there. I can bring him down or I can let him go. And by that time, it's too late. James has mm-hmm. already passed him. So I thought his part in that goal was, was great. He's not one-dimensional anymore. No, we, no. As you said, we criticised him in the past because he just went, try to go down, hit it past the guy, go down to the byline and get it across as we said top defenders can see right through that but now he can cut inside yeah, like yeah, he did right. against Bayern Munich when he put it through for McGregor he did it in this game or he can go on the outside so we've said before with Forrest sometimes it looks like he doesn't know what he's going to do when he's got the ball <laughs> yeah. so what chances the defender got but now he knows exactly what he's doing he can go on the outside if he wants or he can cut inside and he does both to great effect. Plus, plus all that shit he does with his arms must just bang his old fullbacks. Like, what is this guy doing? His arms and legs are quite often disagreeing about where to go. <laughs> He's throwing dummies and <laughs> dropping shoulders and nobody can tell. Uh, better than Biggie, Melly? Mm, not yet for me. Stephen? Is that a conversation worth having? It's an interesting one because McGeady, I think, was a, a more technically gifted footballer, mm-hmm. but I think the way McGeady's career has gone since leaving Celtic, kind of leave, I, I'm sure he's, he's set up for life and they're all actually, that. They're That's, actually raving about him in, at Sunday right? recently uh, since Jack Ross took over. Yeah, right? he's, he's got, got a double play. last weekend, uh-huh. was it? A, a cracking player. I don't think James Forrest is as good a player as Aidan McGeady was, but it's getting to the stage now with Forrest where you just can't, you can't argue with it. You yeah. just, you're, even his critics, which have been definitely in the past, you can't argue with it anymore. You just need to hold your hands up and go, look look what this guy's doing. And it's at all, all levels now. You mentioned Bayern Munich there. And now this is a, a solid team. Likes the Germans. Can't have <laughs> nail on the Germans, but he's, now, he's finally got some some monkeys off his back. He's doing it in Europe and he's... he's Does it look like he's got them off his back? <laughs> Speaking of monkeys, he's finally scored against them as well. After I'm so glad you didn't say something. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. I, I, I preferred watching Aidan McGeady play just yes. because I, pref- I like that type of player, much like I like Patrick Roberts' style of play, but I can't argue with the guy anymore. We know they scored. We've discussed it. Lustig's, Lustig fell asleep. They scored. We got kick-off and then within 13 seconds or so, Without them even getting a touch of the ball, we had the ball in the back of the net again. And that is exactly what you want to see because usually it's roles reversed. Usually it's us yes, that score yeah. and immediately we get pegged back. When are you most likely concede? Just after you've scored. When Lustig's... Oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> <laughs> Lustig and Jack Henry at the back, yes. It was great and you didn't have to... It was disappointing the goal because it was, a, again, a silly goal to give away. It was sort of out of nothing. It was just a flighty ball in from the left-hand side. Could have been so easily better defended, but no mistake, got the ball down, take kick off, as you say, 13 seconds. And I don't know, I'm not blaming Scott Brown, but sometimes the ball goes back to Scott Brown and he'll play it out to the fullbacks. But this, it was out wide. Everybody that touched the ball had a great role to play in it. There was no more than two touches. It was bang, bang, bang. Sinclair does brilliantly. See the ball, who passed to Sinclair? Was it Christie or... McGregor, because whoever it was cut out three German, mm. three of the German, well, probably not German, but yeah. three Germans with one pass and set Sinclair on his way, and it was brilliant. Another thing, the lights, brilliant. The grass, the ball does not leave that pitch. No, right along the grass, the whole way along. That's why I love the goal so much because usually with Celtic, we tend to see crosses. It's headers or 
like the way we're lost in Sutton Hartson yeah. and that this one ball doesn't leave the grass it is total football said it once I'll say it again liquid football absolutely brilliant the touch from Christie just takes the defender out as yeah. well because it, it is perfect the ball into him every pass was weighted absolutely perfect the touch from Christie was, that was so Armstrong like it was unbelievable and the ball across it's more a pass than a cross yeah. and Edwards got the easiest job in the world it was absolutely brilliant and it was just pandemonium in the stadium. Absolute pandemonium. I have a, I have come to a realisation, Stephen. I've joined your your gang on this. Uh, I now get triggered when anyone says French Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't. I don't know why. I just get triggered by it because it's it's relentless. Yeah, it's, it's, just... it's like the Celtic Twitter account seemed to just tweet something about hashtag French Eddie every week. And do, and I, I have a, once again. I'm ashamed to say because you're also you're ever so smug about these things. I have come. It is the why. It's the Y yeah, on the, the end. Who spells you, Eddie with a Y? Nobody has ever spelled Eddie with it. It's E-D-D-I-E. That's how you spell Eddie. And uh, I just don't like French Eddie. But look, it's on the record It now. was never bad in the first place, but as you said, it's now relentless. It is, yeah. It's like Chinese water torture. It's just the wee, the wee taps eventually build up to... Log on to Twitter, see Celtic have went, hashtag French Eddie. And he's not even advertising anything. He's just standing there with a jumper on. <laughs> like, Hell, man. But the, the goal, as I was saying last week, it's another tapping. And it's this. I bet every single manager of the ilk of Brendan Rodgers, Pep Guardiola, who I mentioned last week about this, I bet it must give them so much satisfaction oh, to see a team tapping the ball into the net. Because as much as we all like seeing thirty-yard screamers, I bet that these coaches at that level probably think that if someone's taken a long shot, something has failed yeah. along the line. Because that's <laughs> that's kind of desperate. And you, you very because you can imagine they don't. The pre-match preps isn't going. Right, Christy, I really want you to cut down the left-hand side. There's yeah. plenty of space for you in there, and I want you to look for Tam, who'll be 30 yards out, and he'll stick it in the I back of the No, <laughs> yeah, it's never a tactic. They're, they're, they're glorious, and it's what, it's what fo- makes football as good as it is, but at the same time, I bet no one ever plans for it, but see when a ball is just tapped in from six yards after a passing move, managers must just be like, oh, give me a bit of that. It was a terrific goal. Right in my veins. <laughs> <laughs> and Brendan Rodgers loved it, the celebrations. He was he was probably vindicated, because yeah. right? he needed. he probably needed that. He probably... We've indicated in his whole managerial stance that that word again, principles, that is what he'll drum into the players. If you continue to practice playing like this, it will come off. And it all came off in that game. Leipzig, no mugs. But we absolutely tore them to shreds. They were chasing shadows for that goal. They didn't have a clue what to do. 13 seconds. That is ridiculous. One, two touch in the back of the net. Stone roses on. <laughs> Lovely. Well, you know how you said about the grass there, but how it's made a, a difference to the football. I'd actually worried about that. This has kind of allayed my fears this game a wee bit because I thought, right, put down this grass, it's going to make Celtic a better footballing team. Therefore, all the teams who can't live with Celtic football-wise mm-hmm. in Scotland are going to struggle. But then you take that, you expand that idea out a bit, and I'm thinking, is it going to make it easier for better teams to absolutely pump us? <laughs> yeah. If they can then like scale that up and they can play better football against us. But my fears have, have been allayed on that. Speaking of grass, was Malumbu fucking blazed? <laughs> <laughs> what was going on when that boy came on the pitch? Because <laughs> he had no idea where he was. No, he, he... Did he get sent into a hypnotic trance with the lights or something? Struggled big time. Uh, it's a difficult game to get thrown into because of the intensity of it. And by this point, Leipzig had well and truly come into it. Yeah. Um, it, there was a lot of pressure towards the end. Melly mentioned it earlier. Uh, it was... Campbell, Campbell should, yep. have, should have scored at least one. He hit the bar and then was cleaned through again and, and blazed, it over, blazed <laughs> over the bar with his left foot. So the, the tide was turning at this point and Malumbu gets sent on 
as a clear tactic to try and yeah. hold back do, the do tide. Yeah, that it, was it's it. difficult to do. It's, it's difficult to be the guy who goes in there and just and stops the tide. Yeah. You know, holds back a hurricane. Especially basically. if you're stoned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was dreadful. He was a rabbit Could, in the headlights. Couldn't yeah. even kick the ball, but we had to. We had to make the substitution, and right now. We're looking really thin in the ground, mm. subs-wise. Again, yeah. it was two centre-backs. That's the last two games. Ralston's back, my wee mate. Tony's back on the bench. Gamby's nowhere to be seen. No, no. So we went to the five diamond one to try and solidify because Leipzig were coming into the game. We did. I did predict last week it'd be two each. Yeah, I would have been gutted if it was two each, but I still think it would have been a good result for us against a team like that. But just getting that win and seeing it out because it was a good team we're playing against if they'd have scored it would have been uh oh because what do we do we made the substitutions yeah. and we'd settled for the 2-1 but we got it right solid at the back with Boyata and Benkovic again we looked good 5-4-1 we've seen it out it was an atmosphere at Celtic Park we haven't had for a, a long yeah. time in a group game but probably Man City was the last one where we got a result well, this this was a win ultimately, but it was just a great night and everybody was flying. I was going to say flying on the way home, but everybody was delighted on the way home. Men can't fly. Well, that's what we've learned. That's yeah. a takeaway from this podcast. Well, just, well, not, 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 white men, not white men can't no, right, fly. Okay. All men <laughs> can't fly. Maybe we had a wee can of Red Bull and we're all flying home. Oh, just, it's funny you should say that. I've, um, I've actually written a note saying... We conceded about the what seventy eighth minute or something like that, and that was that was one each. See if that had been the end result, I'd have been. I would still have come on here and been really happy oh. with the performance because last week I think we all we all went into this just thinking just don't just don't get embarrassed again. Yeah. No, just not not even so much embarrassed in terms of number of goals or anything. Like just we all know what we're going to say here. Just just don't do the thing you said earlier, Jamie, and, and concede one after the other. And you know, not only did we not get. A glorious almost result with a draw. We'll get an absolutely terrific one out of it. Right, just the, we were looking for the head to head, obviously. We wanted to try mm. and win by two clear goals. Never I got see. It. Brendan had a go at the guy after the game for bringing that up first instead of reveling in a performance. Get the win. That's all that matters. You're right. They have harder games than us, probably, well, we're, to finish off. Well, looking at, the, looking at the league as it stands, you've got Red Bull, Salzburg running away with it with 12 points. You've got Red Bull Leipzig in second place with six points. You've got Red Bull Celtic on third place with six points. And you've got Red Bull Rosenberg in fourth <laughs> place with zero points. So feasibly, any team can go through. Apart because from Rosenberg. Well, Rosenberg can still get six oh, points. Yeah. It's, still, it, it, it's extremely unlikely, but they can still win two games and finish on six. The Leipzig could lose, you know, feasibly lose two. But ultimately, it could come down to just this, this head-to-head thing, which is unfortunate. It didn't get that extra goal. But I think... We'd all already resigned to going out of Europe before this game anyway, and this has just been a sort of a really nice bonus, a really nice positive. No, season. I disagree because I think we'll win the next two games. Just depends on Leipzig. Well, again, and just... I think Leipzig will get beaten by Salzburg. Yeah, well, that, there's every chance. Salzburg, we just we hope Salzburg have still got a bit of fight about them they just to beat Leipzig, point. but then. Totally chuck it against yeah. Celtic, yeah. Well, no, but my concern is that you've got two Red Bull teams could be feasibly playing each other hmm. um, with one already through, and if the other one gets the win, they get through. No, no, they can't. No? Because they're playing each other next. Oh, they're playing each other next, and we've got Rosenberg next? Yes. So, depending, we just need to beat Rosenberg. We need to do our job. If we yeah. win our two games and we go out, 
we can't really argue. We get beat by Salzburg and Leipzig away. No. If we get with twelve points, that's that's a good, yeah. a good showing and, we're going and through. a difficult group. Listen, we're going through. Yeah. But listen, I don't want to hear any. We're going through. The another thing that really pleased me about the game, apart from everything, was <laughs> <laughs> uh, just the way at the end of the game, a fitness really showed with players tired. But that was just because they'd given everything and we made the substitutions to try and solidify, but. No injury time. Christie takes the ball for a run right down to one corner flag. Rogic takes it down to the other. These guys must have put in an absolute shift. Rogic, Christie overshadowed them a bit. I thought Edward, Christie and Tierney were the best players, but Rogic was good again. Mm. Good performance in Europe. You that's can't what, deny him no, that. That's 90 we minutes as well. Big Full time. 90, aye. It's not enough though. It's not enough to... to Push us over with that that debate Aye, we had a, last week. It's, it's a token towards. Yeah. It's, a, it's still a, get two games left. You still get two games Just left. Just speaking of the closing stages, there. Um, you were talking about running into corners and stuff like. That. I've now I've since watched the game back on Celtic TV, and Christopher Ayer came on in that game, and there was a moment towards the end where he got the ball kind of quite close to our own box, and the commentator was it. Uh, the Celtic TV commentator screamed, "Just clear it!" because he, he was kind of waiting for a pass, and he picked out a really nice pass and set up. An attack which could have led to a goal. Rogic cut it towards Edward, I think he was screaming down the middle, and it just got cut out at the last minute. But it just showed you, even at those late stages, backs up against the wall a wee bit. Celtic were still trying to do the right yeah. thing and play play the right kind of football. Well, we've been stung so many times like that before. I remember, I remember we won each going into the last minute against Barcelona under Lennon, and just out of sheer tiredness, Joe Ledley boots the ball out of the touch into the touchline. Instead of just taking a touch yeah. and making a pass, Barcelona get the throw it, the throw in, play it up, goes through for Alba goal. It's just these wee minor details. Yeah. Sometimes just clearing it isn't the thing to no, do. No, it comes straight back yeah. quite often. Yeah, because so. at this point Leipzig are parked on kind of on the halfway line. The ball, the game's being played in Celtic's half at this point. There's no point in just launching it. And also, a few of the Leipzig players have come out and said that the crowd spooked us. So it was mm. good to know that the crowd played a massive part in it as well. But it really the lights, wasn't it? Final word on Celtic TV, though. There was yet another moment where Tom Boyd screamed for a straight red card for an absolutely routine foul. <laughs> Just well, trip. if Tom Boyd said it, well, I'm sure, I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was. Melly, the atmosphere, you said it. People were raving about it. Journalists the world over were raving about the Celtic Park atmosphere. So from that point of view, if it helped us, you know, if it helped the team, if it spooked Leipzig, then it was worth it. Yep, it was. Tough game against Rosenberg, but everybody else has beat them. We should be able to go there. If we put in a performance anywhere near that, we should beat them. And then back to the under the lights for Salzburg, who should be through by then. So yeah. hopefully. So that's European glitz and glamour over for another... When's the next game? A Three weeks. Three weeks. Yeah. Um, and we had the glamour of the Tony Macaroni Arena. <laughs> wow. The spaghetti had. You know what? <laughs> the spaghetti <laughs> had. The Tony Maracana. <laughs> I've got so many of these. You know what? Isn't he an arena? No. It's a, it's a, it's a stadium. Um, Pish, first of all, I want to talk about that pitch. Mm. Don't care what you say, those pitches are a real leveller. You need to get rid of them. Um, I know all this, both teams play on it, blah, blah, blah. But you're watching it and the ball doesn't bounce away, it bounces on grass. You can't run the way you run on grass. There's all these, we've all played on these pitches the before. Crumbs. The rubber crumbs. It's just, it's rubbish. And I think, see if you're a team that have came up from the lower leagues, you might as well stick one of those pitches down yeah. because you're going to give yourself 
a, a fighting chance of staying in the league. That, however, is not to take away from the fact that Livingston done a sterling job of defending everything we threw at them. Yeah, it was decent wee stadium. It's just at one level all the way around, hmm. and there's it's three stands together. Then there's one separate. So Celtic, us Celtic fans had three stands, which was good. It is a level, but I will say I think it is better than the Hamilton and the Kilmarnock pitches. I was quite close to the pitch. It does look better, but Livingston are set up to play on that pitch. The way they play, fair play to them. Two promotions in a row. They do what they have to do, mm. but having a season ticket there must be absolutely brutal. That is disgusting to watch. It's just three big guys at the back just smashing balls away. They do what they have to do. Fair enough, Celtic could have played a lot better, but it just showed how thin we are with the squad because we didn't really have any options to change things. Uh, change it, goalkeeper, which was enforced, and we dropped, well, we rested Benkovic for Ayer, but that means you've got nine outfield players the same that put in that yeah. effort on Thursday night. It was going to be a tough task against a team that I don't think they've lost at home this season. You can see why with the way they play, the, done really how well, the pitch is. But I was thinking about this. Maybe it's because we don't do too well, but I've been to Kilmarnock's the last three games against Kilmarnock. Uh, one this season, two last season. I was at Hamilton last season. I think we beat them 5-1, which was a decent performance but I've never seen a good game at one of these pitches no, never. it's not nah, a good never. game for like, like the, Leipzig, says that, yeah. the Leipzig game two teams going at it I, I've never seen a good game like that it's it's terrible Livingston as I said they've kind of done what they need to do this season they've done extremely well their, their form has levelled off a bit but yeah. after getting rid of uh, Kenny Miller they went on a, re- a really good run and they're all but safe now and that that's their objective for for this season, it would take something spectacular for them to suddenly become worse than Dundee, you know. Yeah. So they're they're all but Kenny safe. Miller's team, yeah. But they're, <laughs> yeah. They're, they're they're not they're not good to watch. Ultimately, you're you're not going to get a team like Livingston on that pitch playing well against Celtic. They they just need to do the, what we saw. Really, I'm going to stop short of saying that it's to be expected after a, a performance like Leipzig because I think everyone said that after the game. Oh, look, these things are to be expected. But being completely honest, I didn't expect it because. This form that Celtic have been in, you kind of get swept up in it. You sit down to watch a game like that thinking this is going to be an absolute mm. route. And I, I put my money where my mouth is. I started throwing money at 5-0 and <laughs> Edward to score a hat to all, all this stuff. And it just it wasn't realistic at the time, at the end of the day. But as I said, you, you, you see form and you think it's it's never going to end. And you, it's an ideal game against Livingston. It's going to be a slim Christmas in the Coach Crumbs household. <laughs> I, I, I gambled £15 away on, oh, on Sunday. That I'm off the rails. I mean, Livingston, they, they caused problems. Ayer coming back in for Benkovic made total sense because it's one of those pitches and Ayer is probably the most experienced player in the squad that we've got of playing yeah. on artificial mm-hmm. surfaces, having spent half a season at Kilmarnock. So no problems with that. That was that was fine. But Livingston, that guy they've got up front, Menga, the Menga yeah. bus, I was really impressed with him. Now, he, he should have been sent off, but oh, leaving 100%. that aside, we'll talk yeah. about that. But the guy causes serious problems and... I don't know what his goal scoring records like. I know he scored against Dreadful. the Huns. Yeah, is it? He scored against the Huns recently. And that was his first goal. Was it? <laughs> but in fairness, the guy is an absolute handful. He's he's enormous, and it's not just he's not just a battering ram. He's actually quite an intelligent player with it as well. Because something I criticised Edward for in Europe recently was getting crowded out quite often 
against players that are more well, experience is probably the word more sort of attuned into the game getting crowded out Menga when he takes the ball in he's always moving it he's, he's always kind of on the on the turn and holding players off I think he makes really good use of it I mean it has been a professional football for seven years and has scored seven goals <laughs> so one goal a year nice round number there Livingston Hitman yeah. the, we the, should make a wee team of your wee guys you like right uh, come up against. the African Connor Salmon <laughs> did it again it just showed as you were talking about Edward there up against those three centre halves they didn't give him anything no. they do their job so well you really see three bigger guys. It was like Celtic back under O'Neill. It was just three big guys. They drop into a back five when they need to. They're just a work-hard team. That's what they yeah. are. They do their jobs well. They all know what they're doing. It was just one of those games where you thought, it's going to need to be just maybe the odd goal to get. That's just the way the game started and it just the way it settled down. You think this is going to be a tough afternoon. There wasn't many clear-cut chances. No. And then when you looked at, again at the bench, there wasn't much we could bring on. We brought on Morgan, but again, that's a guy you're throwing on. Look, we don't know if he can cut it at this level. Johnny Hayes is there. We had to make the substitution when I got his face caved in. It just, we need more quality in the bench. And with Edward as well, you've seen what that Menga, he, he bullied. He didn't get much out of Boyata, but he was trying to bully him. Yeah. We don't have Edward, that's not his game. That's where we sort of miss the moose, but and the pitch makes it difficult with that as well because there were a few moments early on where Boyata or I were coming out to meet the ball and all of a sudden it's taking this wonky bounce and yeah. going over their heads. It's so, it must be so alien to these players that playing on this kind of thing. No excuses at the end of the day because Celtic should still be winning, but at the same time we do have to acknowledge how difficult it must be to, to deal with and that. It was a dra- I mean, it was a bit of a drab affair, yeah. like yeah. you see. Like I mean, European hangover, Celtic typically don't really get them no, but no. I mean that looked that that the efforts they must have put in on Thursday night and then they've got that game it's it, it did look to me like a wee bit of a European hangover it looks like that and it's just the last game before the international break sometimes you can take your your eye off the ball the form has been great recently and in most of these games it's been that midfield free since Scott Brown and mm. then Cham went out it's been Forrest and Sinclair Edward's the only striker we've got. It's the same players and it's maybe just one game too far to ask of these players. And I don't, I don't want to single well, I do actually want to single him out again. Lustig, you can tell he's passing the buck because what he does is he gets the ball, passes it back and then instructs the guy who he gives the ball to to go forward. You see it every game. Like, you're captain, the, you're is it captain. allowed to do that? take some responsibility. The fans are getting on his back and then he just does these instructions to other people. It's not how it works. It was Again, it went back. To, it wasn't just him. that Bayata was a bit slow moving with the ball. McGregor maybe didn't have the, the best game. It was just, it was back to that that form maybe a few weeks ago, but it was understandable under all the conditions. I spoke there about form going into this game and how it kind of clouds your judgment. And I was watching this game and I'm kind of making notes and putting together some information as I'm watching it. Just kind of, and I'm thinking, Joe, it might be quite good. I'm going to look back and see when the last time we drew nothing each was because it must be like last season or something like that. So, so, I, so I'm like Googling, when was the last time Celtic drew nothing? And I'm like, there's two this season for a start. So again, it's just, it just shows you what, a few weeks of amazing form can totally yeah. cloud your judgment on things. I, I totally forgot that these results happened. It's, Drew was nothing each with St Mirren only, what, a couple of months ago? The, the nothing each, though, that was enough to take us back to the yeah. top of the table. As Craig Levine would say, natural order is restored. So we're on level points, but just ahead of hearts on goal difference. Now, also what I noticed when looking at the league table as well is 
Rangers are just tucked in behind us on the on twenty four points. Yeah, um, that's the disappointing thing, isn't that, it? That is the disappointing thing. I I made a silly mistake last week. I heard it on the radio something about them playing Hearts. I thought was it was it Hearts that? were playing last week, forgetting it's their favourite day of the year. Oh, Remember yeah. Remember Sunday? I know, I cannons. Who needs lights when you get cannons and <laughs> soldiers gonna, abseiling down pitches? I'm not going to give them a difficult fixture on this day of days. No, that, I mean, that, would, that would be extremely disrespectful. Yeah. <laughs> um, Especially com- Stevie Robinson, one of their own, eh? Oh, is he one of their own, is he? Mm. Oh, disgusting. Um, but also, sneaking in on level points for Rangers and effectively second in the league on, on, on level points, Kilmarnock. <laughs> Steve Clark uh, ain't no joke. No, he absolutely is not. Uh, the, the guy's record is absolutely astonishing. There, there's no, there's no getting away from it. I think it still stands now that he's he's got more points than any other team since taking over, and it was only Lee McCulloch's appalling start to last season that didn't have them winning the league. No, <laughs> no, but, no but the the guys, that's a way to what was previously before Celtic broke them, the form team of the league. They were they were top just just this weekend before Celtic overtook them to get another. A way result against them is is amazing, and the, with the players he's got, the budget he's got is. I've kind of run out of things to say about the guy. It's, we're, we're big fans on this podcast yeah, of Steve Clark. It's amazing that Kamarnik have held on to him for so long. To be yeah. perfectly honest, I thought it was a one and done season. Back to Celtic though. There was a moment in this game, Sean Byrne. Uh, with an absolute... the comedian that guy that used to be on Mock the Week and things it sounds like there should be a Sean Byrne comedian. That's a, quite a comedian in name, isn't oh, it? Yeah, but, I think that is. But um, it's probably not him. No, they. He had an absolutely clear dive in the game, and oh. that gave everyone's favourite Andy Walker a chance to bore everyone senseless oh. with his tiresome agenda that diving is fine. Oh, I know it, Andy Walker's Andy Walker's thing is he sits there and he suits. Yeah. Um, from with the, you know the ones that have like the shoulder pads in them. Yeah. You know, like from the <laughs> from the early two thousands, he's sitting Pinstripe. there pinstripe and he goes, "I, I dived." We know you dived, Andy. It should be said that this guy is a commentator. Right. He's a he's a Sky commentator saying a dive was fine. He's supposed to be the bridge between the viewers and what is happening in the game, and he's basically just pointed at that and said that's okay to do. Commentators lost their goddamn mind this Aye. weekend. You, Michael Stewart. <laughs> I, I I missed him. I missed what he was talking about. I didn't see sports scene, but I've got a gist of it by looking at Twitter. And all he's done for the past couple of nights is fight with people. It's his point of view that a handball wasn't a handball, basically. Yeah. Against against Rangers, a Motherwell player sl- sort of slid across to spread himself. Exactly what we were talking about last week with Darren O'Day. He spread himself, put yeah. his, both arms up in the air, and the ball has hit one of his arms on the way through. He said, that's not relevant. The position of your arms doesn't matter because it has to be deliberate. And once again, I have to point out that if you're trying to block the ball with your body and you do it with your hand, that's deliberate. Now, it, funny we should talk about him because on diving, he also said that a clear, clear dive by Simeon Jackson in another game was fine. <laughs> he, said, he said that's not a booking. And he started to say that oh, but if you start doling out yellow cards for that kind of thing, then and he didn't really finish the thought, then what, Michael? Sebo <laughs> stopped doing it. Yeah. That's the idea. <laughs> I, all, all the pundits this week lost their goddamn minds. Hold on, I put my soapbox away. That's the diving thing to take care of this it, week. You notice ever since we started digging up Tam McManus for his spicy hot takes <laughs> on this podcast, he's really calmed them down. Yeah. So uh, hopefully if we, we dig up Michael Stewart. Tam McManus, though, he, he did... Was he not tweeting recently about how it was the BT Sports goal show? And he was talking about all those nobodies talking about football. And it's like... James Richardson, James Horncastle, <laughs> Julian Laurent, and all that. No I'm sorry, Tam. Sorry, there's no seat for you there. Tam McMahon is formerly of Hibs and Livingston, maybe. Every team in Scotland. Every team in Scotland. Um, so that was nil nil against Livingston. Um, other things that happened in the game was Christopher Ayer 
injured his eye socket. Bad one. Uh, it was quite reminiscent of another Scandinavian stopper I for Celtic it. getting his face caved in as well. Daniel Mastorovic. Oh, was, vividly. Basically, his face just kind of fell inwards. Yeah. It was horrendous. We'll try and dig up a picture of it. It was like but, something like a South Park. <laughs> <laughs> but it's yet another injury that we can't. They're, they're racking up. Mm, they yeah. are racking up. I've got a couple of weeks break now because of the lovely, lovely international break. Oh, I know. We all love international breaks. Um, I see the Leipzig game. Another thing that also made me delighted. Forrest, Tierney, Christie, McGregor, all Scots. If only Scotland were playing soon and had players on form that they, no. in a game they needed to win. I know. We've said it before, but you basically, your, your Scotland team should be everyone that's playing well for Celtic that's Scottish, plus probably Alan McGregor. I will concede he's probably better form than Craig Gordon just now. And then just the best of the rest. But no, Alex McLeish is... It'll be interesting to see if Ryan Christie gets anywhere near a team anytime soon because Alex McLeish and Gordon Strachan are pals so he might have the same philosophy of wait until that guy's been playing well for about four years before we start <laughs> giving him caps. <laughs> but who, who cares about international football? Yeah, who cares about international football? Certainly not as Olivier Cham signed a new contract out of the blue. Um, he got his picture taken. I don't know if this was like a hint from Celtic but it's starting to come to fruition. He got his picture taken and behind him, uh, hanging up, there was four strips um, in numerical order if I can get this right was it Rogic first Christy mm. Christy yeah. Rogic Rogic Boyata Boyata and Cham and Cham now Christy also just signed a new deal Rogic famously signed a new deal and Cham has signed a new deal and there's one strip left hanging up and that man hasn't signed a new deal now there's rumours that Brendan Rogers there's not rumours Brendan Rogers did say they have offered a contract to Boyata and it's sitting there if he wants it there's no change in that situation but what was peculiar about that picture was that those weren't in numerical order there was a squad number missing that would have slotted right in there <laughs> number 19 uh, was it was missing yeah and it was Scott Allen <laughs> Um, but maybe he just doesn't get his strip. No. Maybe they didn't even bother printing a strip for Scott Allen no. this year. Maybe, you know, waste the money. Um, that was out of the blue, wasn't it? And Cham signed the new deal because Chris Boyd said, <laughs> no, no, I don't want you to laugh, right? Because Chris Boyd is a serious a serious man yes. and a serious pundit with serious hair. And he said, um, he said to Tom English, who's another serious journalist, he said that there is division in the Celtic team not so long ago. And it's and it's like in Cham, because in Cham wants to leave, and you, you can say, like, Andy can talk shit like that. Chris, you're talking shit. But no, he was pressed on it by Tom English. Tom English said, how do you know? And Chris said, because... <laughs> That's what Cham said in his interview. What? Why did you sign this deal? Because. <laughs> because I thought you were... Le- so, whether there is or there isn't, doesn't make any difference. But and Cham has signed a new four-year deal, and it's good news. Absolutely. Um, I think we all kind of accept he'll move on at some point. But at least it's, it's definitely not going to be in January like we kind of feared yeah. earlier this season. No, it's, it's always good news to get good players signed up on, on longer, more secure deals. Absolutely. The only problem he's got now is getting back into the team. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, to... yeah, that's the challenge facing him and Brown. He's got to work it. He's got to work at it. And that just about, me perhaps wraps it up. And he's got anything else? It's quiz time. Oh, I know. <laughs> oh. Is it one of your famous? <laughs> yeah. Is it one of your famous lineups? Sudden death lineups. No games to look forward to next week, so we won't bother talking about the Hamilton game because we, we won't know what injuries and international break and all that sort of thing. So we'll get the get to that when we come back. But I thought I'd, I thought we'd do a, a Hamilton Aki's based quiz now. Regular listeners will know that we quite often do a sort of you, yeah, the lineup shootout where we're taking turns to name name players, and it's kind of sudden death. Slight twist on that, and it is shamelessly stolen from the football ramble. Who in turn shamelessly stole it from a nineties quiz show with Bob Monkhouse? So I, I, I don't really feel bad about it. R.I.P. 
RIP, a great, the great, the late great mm. Bob Monkhouse. In front of me, I have two lineups from Hamilton Aki's games okay. in the past. What we're going to do is I'm going to name the game and you, based on a coin toss, are going to bid on <laughs> how many players you can name from that so are we getting example, a date are we getting a date yeah yeah just i'll tell you i'll tell okay. you when it was who was the manager and all that kind of thing uh you will bid on it so for example Melly will say he can name four players from that you can either let him do it or you can bid higher than okay. that so oh. game number one celtic eight oh. hamilton academicals one which was january 2016 absolutely freezing so that's the, the last we there yep that's right oh well that's unfair Oh, no, I was there. I was maybe there too. Yeah, the, the last uh, the last few months of the the dialect era, just to give you a clue as to who was playing on it. So, um, let's toss a coin. Heads. It's heads. I'm going to get Mel. You go first. You 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 make your bet first. Seven. Oh, oh it's gone in hard. <laughs> go then, go. All right, I, I, name so, seven. So you're folding. Oh, away. I, yeah. So Mel, you have to name seven players from that game, or Jamie wins. So okay. Gordon. Correct. Lustig. Correct. Tierney. Mm-mm. Is incorrect. Ah, so is it Blackett? No, let me guess the rest then. Okay. Rogic scored. Yeah, he did. Griffith scored. Mm-hmm. Beaton scored. Yeah, Beaton definitely scored. I think yeah. Lustig scored as well, did he? Yeah, he was the first one I think he scored. Griffiths, he got uh, two I named the lineup. Come on, stop fluffing your <laughs> lines. You messed it up. Come on. Anyway, you could add Gordon, Lustig, Ambrose, Simunovic, Forrest, who came on at half time, Izagiri, Beaton, McGregor, oh, Mackay, Stephen, Rogic, Allen, the aforementioned Scott Allen, the legend, came on at half time as well. Armstrong, Griffiths, or former West Ham ace Carlton Cole, oh, yes. who came on for Griffiths in the 65th. Seven, seven, that'll learn you. Right. So that's 1 0 to Jamie. This is, as always, for a 20 minute Tim's official mug. Okay. Which I don't have one yet. Bungard's got one. And everyone right. that wins uh, Manager of the Month gets one. I've but one. Have you got one? Uh, I don't have one. The second game has another thing in common with it. And it's not just that he played Hamilton Ackies. It's Hamilton Academicals nil, Celtic 8 mm. from the 5th of November 1988 oh <laughs> what you think I'm going to make these easy uh, right okay it's, it's not as hard as you might think a lot there's a lot of famous names in there a lot of them went on to be managers and they're all quite quite yeah. famous so right. yeah the, the lineup of that game 1988 how many can you name two two okay are you getting any better on that I'll let you go three won't I three have right, you got an advance no go for your Passing. three Passing. Oh. Um, Waldo McLeod it's incorrect. My first guess was going to be Mick McCarthy. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, yeah, I thought he was going to play. McAvenny? Yes, McAvenny. So you could have Bonner, Morris, Rogan. Uh, was, Bonner Aiken, was going to be my second. McCarthy, Derek White, Billy Stark, Paul McStay, Frank McAvenny, Mark McGee, Tommy Burns, or the substitutes Joe Miller and Owen Archdeacon. Uh, well, Packy Bonner was an absolute stick on. Yeah, and Mick McCarthy. Uh, Packy Bonner must have played 5,000 games for something. Uh, yeah. Still there. Yeah. Still there. Still calling Edward. Edward, um, <laughs> which triggers me immensely. So that 2-0, an absolute clean sweep. I know, so I, I, I barely had to do it. <laughs> I barely had to do it. It was good Melly just overstretched himself there. Um, but that's it for this week's episode. Um, what are we going to do next week for the... I'll tell you what, don't say. We'll have a little surprise for people next yep. week for the international break. For the patrons, yep, we, want we are going to release... Uh, well, we're doing our Celtic Scotland 11. Yeah. We sat down and we came up with, in our lifetime, our favourite Celtic Scotland living. We, 
we came to a consensus and Millie, no we didn't yes we did <laughs> Millie, no, you didn't. you folded you folded under the persuasive power of my arguments I might try and cut that bit out <laughs> <laughs> um, but if you like to listen to this podcast you can check us on Spotify and TuneIn Radio and iTunes and there's a Celtic News Now app and he kindly features the podcast on there and all manner of um, Android listening thingamajigs and also if you just google 20 minute Tim's podcast you can just listen to it directly online um, if you do listen on iTunes or Android if you could kindly leave us a review we're really chasing those reviews takes all of 10 seconds and it really does help the podcast um, 5 stars would be even better we just went through the 400 mark which we're absolutely delighted with so thanks very much for that I think we should let's try and aim for 500 yep, reviews absolutely by, by January okay we, we can't do anything about that no. we're just relying on the listeners but that, I just plucked that number out of there that make would be good. loads and loads of accounts and yeah. tell your friends and family to review it <laughs> um, but anyway thanks very much for listening Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.